Morning. And indeed, uh, happy Father's Day. Um, it is really cool to see a lot of people here wearing their favorite uh, sports team, their favorite jerseys. And so today we are in the series of, of God's Top Ten. And basically what we're going to be studying for the next uh, few weeks is, is really this idea of uh, the Ten Commandments that God gives us. You see, if you were here a couple weeks ago and went through this um, after I listened to it, a very lengthy introduction into why God gives us commandments. See, a lot of people think that it's just so that way Christians don't have fun in life. It's just so that way, um, you know, Christians can just be prude. It's almost like uh, some sort of piety, if you will, that, hey, we're going to sacrifice having fun in life while the pagans get to run and get to do all this other stuff. But no, actually, the reason why God gives us these commandments is because he knows best. And he knows that um, if we follow these things, that if we do these things, that we're going to live life and we're going to live life to its fullest. And really out of everyone in this world who knows best, it's got to be God. Because if we believe the very first verse in the Bible that God created the heavens and the earth, if we believe that, then we believe that he knows the right way to live. He knows what's going to make us happy. He knows uh, what is going to make our lives complicated or make our lives much easier. And really Really, I mean, it makes sense that if you think about someone who uh, lies all the time and they're just entangled in this web of lies, you know, they have to have a really good memory to keep track of all that, right? Uh, their lives are more complicated because of that. And so uh, the past two weeks, we've been focusing on the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me and no engraven images, no idols. Um, but today we're going to be looking at the second commandment. And the second commandment is this. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Do not misuse it, in other words. Now, here, here's kind of the thing, that whenever we talk about this idea of God's name, it's and it's partly because we just use it so often, we use it so carelessly almost, that we think to ourselves that eh, name's not really a big deal. Uh, especially when we, especially ironically, whenever we do look at God, we, we think to ourselves, oh, well, his name, it's not that really important. It's not that big of a deal. But he, here's the deal. Whenever I teach on this with our middle schoolers, uh, one of my favorite things to do is as the kids come in, I like to call them all by their wrong names. And you should just see, if you want to see kids explode in anger, I mean, it is so funny, if, especially if I call them by, like, their brother or sister's name, you know, or if I, uh, you know, just refer to, if I use their name, but put it on someone else, and they say to themselves, no, 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 no. How, how dare you put my name on that person, all right? Like, they are not me. And, and so really, it, we start to get this, this idea that no names are actually something, there's actually something to a name and that even whenever people misuse our name today and whenever they use our name as a way of, of making fun of us or something or misusing it in some way, that, that we get offended by it. Hey, that's, that's my name. Don't, don't, don't treat it like that. Don't use it like that. You know, like I was thinking of um, in the show The Office, the NBC show The Office, um, one of the guys was, was trying to sabotage another guy. And so um, Dwight Schrute was the character. And this guy, Andy, kept walking around saying, oh, man, 
He really shrewded it today. Have you guys heard that term, shrewded it? And he kept using it in a negative way. And what he was trying to do is he was trying to tear down Dwight Schrute for it. But he was using Dwight's name as a negative to, to tear him down. And so really, like, there is something to names. There really is. Uh, so I'll give you a couple of quick things here if we look at this slide here. There's a few things that names represent. Names represent reputation is the first one. So people will say, well, he's got a good name in this place, or he's got a bad name in this place. Represents reputation, right? Uh, there's loaded reputations with these names, with Hitler, with Madonna, with Martin Luther King, Miley Cyrus, how about Trump, right? Those names carry meaning. They carry reputation with them, right? So, you know, for example, if someone were to say, oh yeah, this person, they're a modern day Martin Luther King. Automatically, you're going in your mind to what that means. Automatically, you, you think to yourself, oh yeah, I get what they're saying about this person because names carry reputation. Names also represent character. You see, who you are cannot be separated from your name. And that's why for students, whenever I do this, that's why they would get offended because their name represents their character. So, uh, for example, in the Bible, whenever someone would even change their character, whenever they would be changed, oftentimes their name would be changed to match up with their character. All right, so for example, we have Abram became Abraham. We have Jacob became Israel. Simon became Peter. You know, whatever Jesus said on this Petros, on this rock, I will build my church. On this Peter, he names him Peter. And so now, um, because their character is changed, now their name is changed too to, to better suit their character. Names also represent authority. So there's a certain names, whenever you hear them, it carries this kind of authority. For example, if someone were to call you and introduce themselves as Kim, eh, you probably think to yourself, some stranger who cares, you probably hang up. But if they introduce themselves as Kim Jong-un, all of a sudden, you would say, what? <laughs> and then think to yourself, man, I'm like in the middle of World War III here. I'm talking to a foreign leader. This is huge, right? His name carries, uh, it carries this authority. It carries this weight to it, okay? And so, so ultimately, because names carry all these things, they carry reputation, character, and authority, that's why it's a big deal for God. That's why whenever God talks about his name, he's saying, hey, this is a big deal. It should be a red flag, all right? It should be something that we shouldn't just use carelessly or, ex or uh, expressively. You know, even whenever you stub your toe, all right? It should not be the first thing that comes out of your mouth to misuse God's name. And yes, it is OMG, and yes, it is stubbing your toe, but it's actually more than that. There's a few ways that we can misuse God's name. So let's look here. So the first way to misuse God's name is to insult. Now this is where profanity and swearing comes in to express frustration. Uh, it is, I do kind of marvel at how, um, you know, even in movies and uh, TV shows and music, uh, about how oftentimes it's just easy to go to toilet humor because toilet humor is always a cheap laugh, all right? And uh, as well, in, in scripts, it's, it's amazing what they do. The script writers will write a script and they'll submit it and then the producers will come back and they'll add a few extra words because they know that, for example, if they use the F-bomb four times, then it will get an R rating and 
then if it gets in our rating, then they can sell it as a different product, all right? And so it's just amazing how, uh, how easy it is to go to toilet humor. And, uh, and toilet humor, by the way, it's, it does kind of show lack of control, but as well, it just kind of shows lack of intelligence is really what it is. Because essentially they're saying, I can't think of another word for this, so we're just going to insert this familiar word because it produces a cheap laugh. But I'm always amazed that whenever people will not only use profanity to express uh, anger or frustration or to try to get a cheap laugh, um, but how they'll also use God's name to do the exact same thing, to express frustration or to, to try to get some sort of cheap laugh. And I just think to myself, you know, of all the names that are out there, right? Whenever you stub your toe or whenever you're trying to insult someone or get a cheap laugh, uh, out of all the names out there, why, why God's name? I've always kind of marveled at that. Uh, you know, why not, why not stub your toe and then say, ah, oh, Joseph Smith, you know? I mean, and that's the thing. The Mormons, they're going to be too nice to say anything anyways, all right? So, so why, not, why not go for them, right? I don't know. But why of all the names, why do we have to go for God's name? Another way to misuse God's name is to indulge. To indulge. So basically, here's what I mean by this. is It's you do whatever you want to do, even if it contradicts God's will. You do whatever you want to do. And then you slap God's name on it. It's like duct tape. You're just simply attaching God's name to, to whatever you feel like doing. And, and it's amazing at how spiritual it can sound. It's amazing at how, how righteous it can sound. People will say things like, you know, I've really prayed about it. And God... He's speaking to me and he's telling me that he really wants me to quit this job or to break up with this person or to start dating this person. And I just think to myself, well, well are, are you really sure? Because you're, you're using God's name here to justify some actions, especially if it's things like, God doesn't want me to pay taxes this year. Oh, okay, I'm sure. I'm sure God doesn't want you to pay taxes. I've prayed about it. It's amazing at how he can get blamed for so much, right? You just simply do whatever you want to do and then just throw God under the bus. Uh, even if it contradicts God's will. I've actually heard, I've talked to people who've said this, who've said, yeah, you know, I've, uh, in, in one case, uh, I was, um, on a shore and it was a really peaceful thing and I was praying and I was talking to God and I just and I just felt that I just knew that God wanted me to marry this unbeliever okay are you sure because in the Bible it says not to do that and so that's interesting that God that you're using God's name to justify something that you want to do that contradicts his word or things like you know I believe that I, God wants me to move in with my girlfriend. I don't think so, because that's not what he says in his word, which is way more reliable than just this, this feeling or this spiritualized uh, invitation, if you will. You see, Leviticus 19, it says this, You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. So we're not just to misuse God's name in a way that that we just get to attach his name and blame him for whatever we want to do. That's misusing it. Another way to misuse God's name is to use it impulsively. Impulsively. You know, in this case, it's uh, just carelessly just using God's name. And it's just another word. It's a filler word, if you will. It's just something that you can't think of what else to say, so you're just going to use God's name, right? So, so it's kind of like this. I hear people say, 
You know, well, I just caught a 10-pound fish. My God, the thing is huge, right? Or, or dear Lord, I just split my pants, all right? But that's what it is, right? That we're just using God's name as like an exclamation point, if you will, just to fill a word. And, and we can use this in everyday language for sure. But as well, I'm always amazed at how we can do this as well in the context of worship. Have you ever been in a worship service and sang a song where it has God's name, whether it's Jesus or Almighty or Maker or Redeemer or something like that, and we're singing about God and yet... You're just doing it out of routine, and you're just doing it because the words are on the screen, but you're not really paying attention. It's just, it's just kind of coming out of your mouth, but it's not, you don't really mean it. You're not really singing it. Have you ever done that? I've, I can tell you I've done that once or twice. Maybe I've said a prayer in the same way where it's just routine, and I'm just saying it, and I'm just using God's name as filler as part of the prayer. And, and by the way, I've even said prayers where um, I'll even take a phrase like, Father, God, and I'll use it like 15 times in one minute. Have you ever heard that? And Father God, we just, Father God, and Father God, Father God, Father God. Have you ever heard a prayer like that? I've heard prayers like that. I've, I've said prayers like that too. Yeah, I think we all have. And, and, that's, and that's dangerous that we're just simply using God's name as filler. It's just, it's just one of those words like you say in a speech. You say, uh, um, you know. All right, suddenly we're now using God's name, S. Filler. I had a speech professor one time who uh, would sit in the back, and every time you said a filler word, he'd count. <laughs> it was awful. And for me, it was almost like, okay, was it, you know, is it number, is that 19 or is that 29? You know, you couldn't tell because I just said so many filler words, it would just drive me bonkers watching this guy back here, almost sarcastically, kind of a little smirk on his face. And, and that's what it is, that whenever we pray or we're in worship, it's amazing sometimes we'll use God's name as just filler. We're just carelessly using it. Isaiah 29 talks about this. Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, Father God, Father God, Father God, yet their hearts are far from me. Just to use it impulsively. So, if we look at these things and we say, okay, yes, we've done these things. But then to think, okay, what does it really mean to, to honor this commandment? What does it really mean to use God's name correctly? Well, there's a few things. So the first one here is to revere God's name continually. Revere God's name continually. To treat it with respect. To use it carefully to use it lovingly, to use it not very often. Uh, this idea that his name is sacred, which means that it's holy or that it's set apart, that we don't just use it carelessly or we don't just use it uh, to justify our own actions especially, but rather that it's something that we really look at and it, it's sacred, it's holy, it's, it's one that we revere. And so whenever we do use it, that that our hearts are talking about God or to God, and we're not just using it when we stub our toe, for example, but we're using it as an act of worship. We're revering God's name. Psalm 29 says this, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. 
And so we can especially look back at the misuses and say to ourselves, you know, we, we've all been there. We've all done that. And so really the Christian life is whenever we do sin, we try not to, but whenever we do, because we, we all will, we're Satan sinners simultaneously, right? And so whenever we do sin, whenever we do stumble, whenever we do uh, say God's name in vain, then we're to pause. It should be a red flag. It shouldn't just be something that we carelessly move on to, but it should stick out. It should be a red flag to us. And then what we should do is we should go to God and we should repent. We should say, God, I'm really sorry for breaking this commandment. And then we receive God's forgiveness and we ask for power to, to not do that again, to overcome it. And, and so that's what we should do. And then as well, whenever we hear other people say it, uh, it should be a red flag. Rather than just stand by, we should in love say something because we are, after all, talking about misusing God's name. This is God's top 10. These are the top 10 commandments here. And so reverence is, is about protecting God's name. But also reverence includes knowing God's name. So did you catch that in the video there? We had all these different names of, of God in there. We had, you know, Prince of Peace, King of Kings. We had a Redeemer, Creator. We had all these, these names for God. And so really one way of revering God's name is to be in his word and to know his names and to learn his names. And whenever we do that, we learn the fuller picture of who God is and what his character is. And we learned about how he's a God of justice and a God of goodness, that he's protector, he's savior. You know, like even we have this word El, like E-L is the name of God in the Hebrew, El. And then we have like Elohim, we have El Shaddai. But El Shaddai, it really means God Almighty. But it's not just a God who is uh, strong, but it's also a God who protects. And, and so, so think of like a good father who, who protects and who brings comfort. And so whenever we learn that about God, we're learning the full nature and the character of who God is. So it's not only protecting God's name, but it's also knowing his names. The second thing here is to rely on God's name completely. Rely on God's name completely. See, we believe as Christians that God's name has power and that God's name actually means something for our lives and that we benefit through it, that we're given salvation through his name. John 20 at the very end of, of the book of John, here's one of the last verses that says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his what? In his name. That's right. So through God's name that we are given life, that we are given salvation. And so, so, so much of what it means to be a Christian here is to trust and to rely on God's name. We rely that he's going to bring us blessings. Jesus said this as well. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now this, I do believe, is one of the most misunderstood verses of the Bible. That if, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so people just think to themselves, okay, Lamborghini. 
What? No Lamborghini? Ah, oh, God's not real. That's how people act. They, they treat him like a vending machine. But you see this catch here. She says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so what, what Jesus is talking about with his name here is he's talking about how it's his will. It's, it's the mission of Jesus. You're saying your will be done, your kingdom be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's so much of the Lord's prayer that, that we're actually acknowledging that God, it's your will be done and that your will be furthered here on this earth. That's what Jesus is talking about if you ask in his name. See, again, it's not just duct tape that you can just stick onto whatever you want to do. So you can't say things like, well, Satan's will be done in the name of Jesus. You can't say that. Uh, you can't just tag on in the name of Jesus to something that contradicts his mission and his will. And so whenever we, whenever Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, then what we're really saying here is, is your will be done. And, and we're recognizing his mission and we're recognizing his activity in our lives. And that we bend and we align ourselves to that mission. And so, yes, whatever we ask in Jesus' name, in Jesus' will, Jesus' mission, he will do it. And so relying on Jesus' name is, is really saying, God, your will be done. And then God promises to bring life and blessing and answers to our prayers. To close, I'll, I'll end with this, is that the book of James talks about how your tongue is like a rudder of a ship. Now, this may shock you. I'm not exactly the most like avid sailor, okay? But I have seen a lot of TV, so I totally get this reference, okay? So we have a small rudder. Think about how big a ship is, especially think about, I don't know, let's go with like a, a cruise ship or something like that. The rudder is going to be such a small piece of the ship, and yet it's that small piece that guides the whole ship. And James is talking about that. He says, in the same way, our tongue, even though it's such a small piece of our body, and yet how it guides our whole bodies, how it guides our lives. And isn't that true? Isn't there so much truth to that? That, that even though that our tongue is, is just something that is a small part of us, how it affects our relationship with God. If you want to grow closer to God, then we really got to look at, at the words that we say. And we really got to look at how we use or misuse God's name. And after all, God is saying that out of all of the commandments, he, he, makes this, he makes a point of this one. He makes a point about his name and how we talk about him and how we use his name. And you see, indeed, if we want to be changed from the inside out, then we have to rely on his name. And we know that if we rely on him, that he can change us and he can give us life and give us salvation. And all God's people said, amen. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we recognize this morning that, that there are times when we misuse your name. There are times when we'll use it carelessly or there's times that we just stick it onto us like duct tape and we justify our actions. And so, God, we just pray, we just repent this morning, Lord. And we pray that you give us strength to overcome these things and that we can receive forgiveness for these things. And that as we leave this place and we go to work or we go to be with our friends or family in the summer, Lord, or on vacation, 
that we really are cognizant of, of our tongue and how we use your name and how we uh, need to revere it and rely on you. And all this we pray. Amen.